Starting off right in Genesis 1. Genesis 1, verses 26 through 27. And God said, let us make man in our image. He's talking to the Holy Spirit. He's talking to the Son. They're all three together there. Let us make man in our own image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. So we're talking about why did God create us in his image? Why did he want us to be like him? Think about it. What do you think? For fellowship. You know, we have a little puppy. He's so cute. His name's Teddy. Yes, we named him after my dad. <laughs> and <laughs> he's so cute. And as much as we'd love for, to communicate and to fellowship with him, he only understands so much. He understands about five different words. Um, go to your cage. And he, that means he gets a treat. Um, go outside. Or do you have to go potty? Or are you hungry? Or something like that. That's pretty much all he knows so far. Because we're not the same species. He doesn't understand every single thing that we're talking about. We can tell secrets in front of him, and he wouldn't go and tell somebody, you know. And so because we're a different species, you know, um, we can't communicate. We can't fellowship with him the way that we can fellowship with one another or with God. So God created us in his image and in his likeness for the number one reason of wanting to have somebody or many somebodies, to fellowship with him, to commune and communicate with him. Amen? And so that's why God made us in his image. And what we're going to be doing um, over the course of maybe two to three weeks, we will be um, looking at different reasons why God made us in his image and the different benefits or results of that. Um, so God created us in his image for fellowship. He created, he created us the same species. He created us to be like him so that we could commune with him on the same level, spirit to spirit, because we are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. Amen? And so when we die and leave this earth, we're going to be um, going to heaven in our glorified bodies, and we're going to be a spirit man. Amen? And so we're going to be just like God, and we have a spirit just like God. I don't think that um, dogs have a spirit. However, we all hope and pray that they are going to be all dogs go to heaven. Maybe the nice ones. Okay? Clayton says not the cats, but I don't want to say that because there's probably cat lovers in here. But anyways, <laughs> um, so we're going to go to heaven, and we're going to get to continue to communicate and fellowship with God. And God desires for us to fellowship with him. That's what he longs for. Amen? And I'm going to show you that from the word of God. But right off in Genesis 3.8, after God makes man in his image and likeness, it says that Adam walked. He walked with Adam. God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. And I was just researching, what exactly does that mean? And if you think about it before I get into that, if you think about it, some maybe more ladies than men, but I see a lot of ladies walking their neighborhoods with a partner, with a friend. Um, and what do you think we do the whole time that we're walking? We're gabbing. We're gabbing. <laughs> and, um, you know, maybe some good, maybe some bad, maybe we're complaining, maybe we're, you know, maybe you're talking about the Lord, maybe. Um, but you're gabbing, you're talking, you're not walking and saying nothing, you're talking. 
And so I started to look at up in the word of God, different people who God says that they walked with the Lord. It means that they fellowshiped and were in close, unbroken communion with the Lord. And so when it says Adam walked in the cool of the day with the Lord, it means that he had communion with the Lord. He had fellowship with the Lord. And I thought that was so powerful. And I was thinking about it, like I was saying, and I was thinking about, yeah, think about it. When you walk with someone and you have a walking partner, um, you're fellowshipping with them. You're telling them things that you're going through. You're telling them things to pray for you. You know, you're, you're telling them things that you're excited about. Um, kind of like when I walk with my different friends, we talk about pretty much everything um, positive and then all the prayer requests and then we pray and then all kinds of stuff happens within an hour, hour and a half. (laughs) Well, think about it. That's how God wants a relationship with us. He wants us to be able to tell him what's on our heart, whether it's positive, whether it's negative, whether we need grace or whether we need strength, whether we need to just pray about it or impart to it. He, communion with the Lord isn't like just the, our father prayer. It's not just a prayer. It's being with somebody. It's knowing their heart. Finding out, not just letting them hear your concerns and your to-do lists and what you want, but it's finding out what they want. Finding out what they're going through, what their desire is. And so that when he talks about Adam walked, he, God walked with Adam in the cool of the day, it talks about he just poured out, God poured out his heart to Adam And Adam poured out his heart to God. They were in communion and fellowship with one another. And that's what God desires from each one of us. It wasn't just for Adam. He was the first of many, many billions of people that would walk the face of this earth. And God wants communion and fellowship with each and every one of us. Isn't that exciting? It's why we were made, to be in close fellowship with the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says this, For God is faithful through who you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. It's what our calling is, is to fellowship with the Lord. Number one, just to be his son or his daughter, you know, and to fellowship with him. Think about it. Parents should be fellowshipping with their child, and that's why he uses that analogy, you know, and that he's, he's our father, and, and we're his sons and his daughters. He created us just like we create our sons and daughters. We should have fellowship with them. We should be able to talk about things that are good, talk about things that are bad, help them out when they need help, you know, that that's a, a parent, and that's how God is. He's a loving Father who wants to fellowship with you. He wants to hear your needs. He wants to hear. Actually, he says you have not because you ask not. You know, um, even though he knows the word of God says what we have need of before we ask, our earthly parents don't know unless we ask, right? Us, maybe, you know, maybe they kind of intuitively get it and, and know what, and what we need. But um, our father has need of us asking him simply because he wants us to fellowship with him. He made it that way. He says he knows what we have need of before we ask, but ask and you shall receive. He who, ha- he who asks not has not, basically. So you want to, he's like trying to compel you to fellowship, 
compel you to communicate with him and have communion with him. And that's what God desires. In 1 John 1, 3, he says, Our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Our communion and our fellowship, every day that we walk, every day that we live, this is what we're to do. You know, I love Paul said he prays more than all of you, you know. And I think what he meant wasn't necessarily, I mean, and he was talking about praying in the spirit at the time, and that's communion. But I, I, you can go throughout the day, and I think that this is kind of what he's talking about too, is you can always be God conscious, and you can always be fellowshipping with him. Like literally in the grocery store, at the park, uh, when you wake up in the morning and you're putting your makeup on, I've always said that that's a, that's a lot where God talks to me, probably because my mouth is closed and I am busy, <laughs> and I'm not the one gabbing. Um, but he talks to me in the morning when I'm putting my makeup on because I'm quiet for 20 minutes. No. <laughs> but... God wants to fellowship with us, to commune with us, and um, his fel- our fellowship is with him and his son, and that's why we were created, to walk with him in the cool of the day. And, you know, I like that he says in the cool of the day because it means in the early morning hours, and I love waking up in the early morning hours. On one hand, I don't because Clayton knows he can be gone out of the house, and I'll still be sleeping another two hours after he leaves for work. But I love it because it's quiet. The kids have not yet woken up. Sometimes the birds are not yet singing, even though I love them singing. It's peaceful. And you can hear his voice. And you can see what he's showing you. And your life and your to-do list have not yet started. Maybe you haven't started getting ready yet, and you're still in your PJs, you know, and um, you're not in a rush to go somewhere. You're just being still in his presence. That's what he wants. And so he got Adam. Well, Adam didn't have clothes yet, but um, <laughs> he didn't have to get ready in the morning. He just started off his day with the Lord, just taking a walk and fellowshipping and communing with the Lord. Isn't that an incredible way to live? Well, that's what he wanted us to live like now. Amen. Acts 17, here's just some little notes of what God wanted it to be like. Acts 17, 28 says, in him we live and we move and we have our being. This is just, he's always with us. I'm always with him. He's always walking with me, talking with me. And this is how I have my being. It's just with him all the time. In um, 2 Corinthians 6.16, as well as Leviticus 26.12, he's declaring, he's like, this is my plan. I will live with them. I will walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. In other words, this is my plan. I'm going to have a body. I'm going to have a family to commune and fellowship with. I'm going to not just be with them, but I'm going to commune with them. I'm going to walk with them. I'm going to talk with them all day long, every day. What's really sad is we've got this best friend. We've got our, you know, Holy Spirit who's there to tell us what the Father's saying, who's there to speak to us what's on his heart or what the Lord is saying to us. But if we don't realize the reason that we were created is to fellowship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, if we don't realize that's the whole reason for our being and that's why we were created in his image and likeness and we ignore the fact that we have him sitting in our passenger seat in our car every day on the way to work and we're not communing with him, it's like ignoring your best friend. She's in the car 
or he's in the car and you say nothing the whole way to wherever it is you're going. Awkward, very awkward. That would be weird, right? To just ignore the person that's sitting next to you. But there is always someone sitting next to you. His name is Jesus. Amen? And he always wants to fellowship with us. He always wants to hear us tell him our needs, but also he wants us to hear what he needs. He wants to lead, guide, and direct our footsteps, but we need to have an ear to hear what he is saying. Amen? So sometimes we just need to reverence his presence, zip our yappers, and listen. I want to just look at Genesis 5, 22 through 24. Here's a man that God just highlights, and I love this story. I mean, it's just real short, but it just blesses me. Genesis 5, 22 through 24. It says, after the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close, not just fellowship, but close fellowship with God. After 300 more years, I mean, imagine you're going through life, not just 65 years, but 300 more years after he had his son. <laughs> um, after, after that, which he had other sons and daughters, Enoch lived 365 years walking in close, again, fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. Why did God take him? For the reason that he walked in such close, for over 300 years, he walked in such close fellowship with God that God's like, I got to have him by me all of the time. Like, this is my best friend, you know. This is, the, this is one whom I love. This is one who has got it, who understood the reason why I made him. Even though... We can't have the excuse that we're, we're not single. It, it wasn't that because he was married and had children. And probably back then they had like a lot of children. And so it wasn't that he had no distractions. I don't know what his prayer life and communion life was like. But like I said, you can have kids running around. And sometimes I have to tell Jude, be quiet. I'm driving because actually that's when I'm talking to the Lord a lot. And so I'm telling him to be quiet because he likes to commune a lot in the car. And so I tell him to be quiet because I'm talking to the Lord. But um, God wants to commune with us. And Enoch, he got that. He understood this is the reason why I was created. And so he let himself focus on that. And it didn't matter whether he had children upon children upon children, because most likely that's what happened after you live 300 years. You probably have many of them. And during that time, it doesn't talk about that he had broken communion with the Lord. No, in fact, it says for the whole 300 years or 365 years, he didn't just fellowship with God randomly on Sundays or Wednesdays or a random Friday night. No, he walked in close fellowship with God. That means he communed with God. That means he was like Adam. He walked in the cool of the day, and he just let God know his heart, and he heard God's heart. He reverenced and acknowledged, this is why I was created. Think about it. James 4.8 says, if you will draw close to me, I will draw close to you. 
the more you spend time with a friend, the more you spend time with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a spouse or soon-to-be spouse, whatever, the more you spend time with somebody, the more you get to know them. And the more you get to know them, the more you'll recognize their voice, the more you'll recognize their presence of them being around. That's how it should be in our relationship with God. We should be able to recognize his voice because he said, he's your shepherd, you're his sheep. You recognize his voice and the voice of a stranger you don't follow because like sheep, they do not follow a strange shepherd's voice. They, were, they like put on the brakes. And we should be that same way. We should be in such close fellowship with God and drawing close to God that we recognize when he's like beckoning us to fellowship with him, to, to come to him and, and just spend time with him. You know, sometimes the Lord has, um, I, you know, I have kind of a, I'll say like a habitual time with the Lord sometimes. You know, I do my devotions. I do confessions of the word, um, you know, and I have some prayers that I pray. But then there's some days, and, and I go through that, and then I just spend a lot of time with the Lord just back and forth fellowship. But there's some days where I show up to spend that time with him, and he's there already. I mean, like he's like his presence, that shift that happens, like he's just already there waiting. And then I just reverence that and I don't go into, you know, how I normally enter in because I'm already there. And he's just ready to fellowship. We need to be so close and so in tune and fellowship and communion with the Lord that we recognize his presence that he's there, recognize that he's speaking to us. And Enoch must have pleased God so much that God or that he recognized the Lord, um, you know, and walked in such close communion with God that God was like, I'm going to take him. I can't help myself. <laughs> and he just took him. He didn't have to die an earthly death. God just took him. And he, God does that a number of times in the word. And um, if you read the word, you know that God did that a few times. But Enoch was just somebody that just really, the story just touched my heart. That God just took him. Imagine the father enjoying your fellowship so much that he's like, oh, Nancy, I'm just going to take you. You know? Imagine God just enjoying you so much that when you wake up in the morning, you don't have to go through any kind of, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm stuck in a rut or whatever, but, you know, I do know the things that the word of God says to do. So I will make um, declarations and confessions, and I, I will... Um, you know, pray the Lord's prayer and apply it to my life and different things that the Lord has instructed us to do. But I do recognize when he's there to do something or to say something or just wants to be with me and tell me his heart before I tell him mine. And um, that's what God wants and that's what we should want is like look at that relationship Adam had. Look at that relationship Enoch had and say, say Lord, I want you to enjoy me so much that you want to walk in the cool of the day, that you want to fellowship with me every day, that you can't handle it anymore, and you just go ahead and t take me one day. You know? How awesome. Let's turn to Hebrews 11.5. A little bit more on Enoch, just real quick. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. And before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. 
So what is that saying? That's saying someone who fellowships with God pleases God. Someone who's in communion and fellowship with God is pleasing to God. That's why he created us in his image and in his likeness, so that we would please him and fellowship with him, so that we could hear what he wants to say and he could hear what we want to say. That's a relationship. That's a fellowship. So that's what God wants with each and every one of us. Hallelujah. God wants to hear your hearts. In Matthew eleven fifteen, as well as in Revelations two twenty nine, he says, He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So that, that means that sometimes you don't hear what he's saying. It's saying, give yourself an opportunity to hear what I'm saying. Or be aware that I'm speaking. Or be still and know I am God. Like, listen up. I want to fellowship with you. Let him who has an ear to hear be aware and be ready and listening to what my spirit is saying. You know, God wants our lives to be blessed. One of my favorite scriptures is, I think it's 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper, that, um, that your soul would prosper. You know, that everything would work out for you, basically. Because he's a good father. Everything good and perfect comes down from the Father above. So God wants our lives to be good. So that means he's going to try to lead and guide us by his spirit, but we have to have an ear to hear what it is he's saying. He will lead us, guide us, and direct us upon right paths, the word says. But we have to have an ear to hear. In other words, be drawn close to God so you are familiar and you're in communion and fellowship with him. Amen? It's exciting. It's an exciting life, but God wants this for us, but we can also choose to be distracted and um, only give him Sundays for an hour, you know? Um, We could choose to um, keep our lives very busy. One time I asked the Lord, I was talking to him, and I was like, Lord, I want to walk in the fullness of what you have for me. What is it that it's going to take? And the Lord said, just don't get distracted and fill your days with unnecessary obligations. In other words, he said, it's okay to take care of your family and be with your family, you know, because that's something the Lord has blessed us with. But I don't have to fill my days with shopping and with lunches and with, you know, whatever. I could fill every single day. I'm a girl. (laughs) You know, we love to gab. We love to get lunches and coffees and walks and whatever. I could fill every day with like three appointments. But the Lord said, if you want to walk in the fullness of what I have for you, like I want to be a priority. I want to commune with you. I want to fellowship with you. And I'm not saying, you know, don't enjoy life. You know, I I do, I do those things that I enjoy. But there's a balance because I want to commune and fellowship with the Father. Amen? He who has an ear to hear. So we're, we're striving to be pleasing to God and be listening to what he's saying and fellowshipping with him. Um, just think about it. Every day he's trying to communicate with you and talk with you. And 
I don't believe that if he says, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age, I don't think that he's really quiet all of the time, only when we want to talk, then he talks. No, I think that he is trying to talk to you, but you have to have an ear to hear what he is saying. In other words, you have to be in fellowship with him and recognize his voice, you know? Um, in Revelations 3.20, there's a door of fellowship. In Revelations 3.20, he says, and I'm going to turn there, actually. I could quote it, but I want to, like, read it here. He says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice, remember, he who has an ear to hear, if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will share a meal together as friends. What do you do over a meal with a friend? Unless you're weird, you talk. You know, when you're having a meal um, with a friend, you're going to communicate somewhat. How's your day? What have you been up to? What are you going through? How can I pray for you? And then you're hearing their concerns and what they're going through. He says, behold, or understand this. I'm always standing at the door of your heart, and I'm knocking. But not everybody's going to answer that door. Not everybody is going to be in communion and fellowship with me the way I intended when I created man, even though that's why he created us in his image. He says, I stand at the door of every one of every single person on the face of the planet. He's standing at the door of their heart and knocking. He wants to come in and fellowship, but he is a perfect gentleman, and unless we come to the door, hear his voice, and open it, only then will he come in and fellowship with you. Hallelujah. I know some of you have heard this story, but I had recently read that, and it kind of got highlighted to me for the first time maybe 10 years ago now, and Um, we were spending some time, Clayton and I and our two older boys, they were like six and eight, I want to say. And we were spending some time praying in the Holy Spirit and worshiping the Lord and getting into the presence of God. And we were practicing hearing the voice of the Lord, teaching them how to hear from God. So we would pray in the Spirit, and then we would sit and we would listen to what the Spirit is saying. And, or what he's showing you, because guess what? He talks to you in visions and dreams as well. Um, you know, it's kind of like half and half for me. Um, not so much dreams a few times, but visions and, and by the voice of his spirit. Anyways, so we're sitting there, and we're going to go around and share if the Lord spoke to it. And, and these are young kids, you know. They were six and eight, so it could be Jesus said, I love you. Well, awesome, because the word says he does love them, so he probably heard that, you know. So anyways... So I, sh- I was last, I think, and um, I think Ethan had something like, Jesus said he loves me, you know. And then Clayton had something, and then we went to Ashton, and he was like six or seven, or, and he says, I saw. We didn't even tell them, I don't think, that you, you could have a vision and God would be speaking to you through that. But he said, I saw me sitting at a table with Jesus eating, and he thought it was weird, and I lost it. I was like, oh, my goodness. And I turned the Bible open to Revelations 3.20. 
we had made a decision to commune and fellowship with the Lord, what happens when you open that door of fellowship? He comes in. He sits at a table and shares a meal together with you as friends. The word of God is so literal. And if we realize the reason he created us is for fellowship, if we'll begin from this day forward recognizing he's with us all the time and fellowshipping with him, first of all, we'll be strong in the Lord. He'll strengthen us because you're in fellowship with him and he just imparts strength and grace to you. Um, he'll tell you which way to go or what to do or what not to do because you're having an ear to hear what he's saying. Amen? And you'll just be pleasing to him because that's, what he rec- that's why he was, um, Enoch was pleasing to God is because he was in close communion and fellowship with him. So Revelations 3.20 is so important. Behold, I stand at the door and I'm knocking. Any one of you can come at any time and open this door of fellowship with me. And I'll come share a meal with you. I'll fellowship with you. I'll talk to you about what's on my heart. You can talk to me about what's on your heart. Amen? We all have the same door available to us to fellowship with God. So here's a question. How, you might be asking, okay, yeah, fellowship, you, you think about talking that it's automatically, it's prayer. That's not the only thing. Um, so the question is, how can I have true fellowship with God? If, this is, if I'm realizing today that this is why one of the major reasons why I was created in his image, how can I have that true fellowship with God? You know, because I've prayed prayers before and I didn't necessarily feel his presence or, you know, I didn't necessarily hear him say anything back. Um, and I've been there. I really don't like that. I don't like when I hear nothing back for weeks. It's not fun to talk to somebody who's not talking back. But here's the thing. Most likely he is talking back, but I currently don't have an ear to hear what he's saying. And so something needs to be adjusted in me in order to hear what he is saying. In order to have true fellowship with the Lord, we need to walk in the light because that's where he is. He is in the light. And I'm going to show you that from the word. In John 1.5, it says, God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. Now, I'm not talking and I'm, I'm not saying that an unbeliever or someone who has fallen into sin cannot hear the voice of God because God's stronger than that. He can speak to them. He can speak to them. He can get them on the right path. I mean, people are saved every single day. That's, he speaks to their hearts, okay? But I'm talking about having a close, like Enoch, close communion and unbroken fellowship with God. That's what he desires from us. If you're going to have a close communion and unbroken fellowship with God, you need to walk in the light as he is in the light. 1 John 1, 5, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Don't let any darkness into your heart. Don't let any darkness into your life. If you have fallen into sin, be quick 
to repent and confess your sin to him. And he'll be faithful and just to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Why did he do that? Because he wanted so badly to have fellowship with his children that he made a way where there seemed to be no way to restore the fellowship, to wash away our sin and reunite us supernaturally, quickly by his blood. He wants to fellowship with us so much that he doesn't want anything dividing us. And sin is darkness. And he has no darkness in him at all. So remember when I was talking about those two weeks where you can pray and you be praying and praying, but yet you just hear nothing back? Like suddenly it seems like, where have you gone, Holy Spirit? He didn't go anywhere. David even prayed that, you know, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. It wasn't that David, um, that the Holy Spirit left him. It was that David was in sin. He was walking in darkness. And so suddenly he used to please God. And the word of God says that David was a man after his own heart. But he let sin in his life and started walking in darkness. Therefore, he didn't have an ear to hear what the Spirit of God was saying any longer. So he felt like the Holy Spirit was taken from him. God does not want that to be the case with any person on the face of this earth. He makes it so crystal clear, and he makes a way for us just to come to him, and not that we should use it as a license to sin, but we can simply, if we've fallen into sin, come to him, confess our sin, and he's faithful and just to forgive us, and on top of that, not just to forgive us of the one thing, but cleanse us, because if there's some other things that maybe we didn't realize were displeasing to God, he'll just go ahead and wipe those things away too, from all unrighteousness, to restore us back to this communion and fellowship with him. Hallelujah. So if we want to talk and walk in close fellowship with God, we need to open the door, number one, of fellowship. Answer the door. Start talking to him. Start praying, not repetition prayers, but just talking to him from your heart. Number two, if we want to walk in close fellowship with God, we need to live in the light. Because that's where he lives, in the light. 1 John 1, 7 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of his son purifies us. It's then that you have fellowship. So it makes sense, right? That if I'm not walking in the light, why it seems to me, that I can't hear his voice. So if you feel like the Holy Spirit and the Lord hasn't been speaking to you and he's far off, then you need to search your heart. Search my heart, oh God. And he'll begin to show you something. Maybe it's not some, you know, horrible thing. You're not out there killing, stealing, or destroying like the enemy, but maybe you've been holding on forgiveness towards someone. Well, that's darkness. You know, or maybe you've been judging someone. Well, guess what? That's darkness. And in him, there's no darkness at all. So God will begin showing you those things, and you can confess those things then to him, and he'll cleanse you from those things and reunite you to fellowship with him. See, he doesn't leave us um, abandoned in our sin. Thank you, Jesus. 
he calls us back into fellowship with him. But we have to realize if we truly want to live the reason why we were created, which is to fellowship with him, then we need to walk in the light. And we need to keep the darkness out. So number three, simply saying a prayer before your meals or in the morning or when you go to bed is not true fellowship. It's not that alone anyways is not true fellowship, but it's living to please him by walking in the light. Opening the door of fellowship and communing with him. I looked up the the word fellowship because I like to look up definitions. (laughs) Um, But it's communicating and having common interests with each other. In other words, loving what he loves and hating what he hates. If you want fellowship with God, you're going to love what he loves and hate what he hates. Jesus died for each and every person. He loves everyone. He said he wishes, he wishes that none would perish and that all would come to repentance. It doesn't mean that he loves what they do, though. He loves all men, so we should be loving all men. But it doesn't mean we have to love what they do. Because God doesn't love everything everybody does. If we want close fellowship with God, we need to love what he loves and hate what he hates. What does he hate? He hates sin. Why does he hate sin? He hates sin because it separates us from him. He created us for fellowship, and if we're in sin, it puts a curtain between you and God, a wall between you and God. How do I know that? Look at Adam got pushed out of the garden because of sin. He had the relationship. He had the close fellowship. He was walking every morning in the cool of the day. I mean, God was talking to him. He heard God's voice so clearly, and he was fellowshipping with him. God was giving him his commands. You know, he was back and forth with the Lord every day. Then one day he decides to listen, and even if it was supposed to be his helpmate, even if it's supposed to be your best friend, even if it's supposed to be your spouse, or whatever it might be, in this case it was his spouse. He listens to her compelling him to do something that was disobedient to what he knew in the convictions of his heart were wrong to the Lord. And he listens to his wife and disobeys the Lord and breaks communion with God. And it's so drastic in in Genesis here where he's just cast out of the presence and the garden that God had created for him. And so much curse was brought upon the earth because of that. Thank you very much, Adam. But God has made a way to restore that fellowship. All we have to do is be sincere in our hearts, confess our sins to the Lord. If he lets us know and we're, we're striving to walk in the light and to be pleasing to him and you welcome him to search my heart, oh God, make it clean. Show me what is displeasing to you in my life, Lord. 
You know, whether it be what I'm taking in through my eyes, whether I'm taking it in through my ears, whether I'm thinking things with my mind, whether I've received things in my heart, whatever it is, Lord, search it and show me anything that's displeasing to you because I don't want anything to break my communion with you. I want to live a life pleasing to you. And we're seeing here that if you're going to have true fellowship with God, it says in 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have true fellowship with one another and the blood of his son purifies us. I want to be so pleasing to God. And how that's going to happen is if I walk in the light, if I fellowship with him, then I will be pleasing to him. Amen. Psalms 97, um, David learned a lesson. He says, you who love the Lord, he says it real simple, hate evil. (laughs) He learned a lesson. Those of you who say you love the Lord, learn to hate evil. Cling to what is good. Cling to anything that produces the, the, the fruits of the Spirit. If the fruits of the Spirit are in it, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, self-control, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, if any of that is in it, then go ahead and be about it. But if it's what the enemy is all about, don't have anything to do with the darkness. If you want close communion and fellowship with God, which is the reason you're here, then live in the light as he is in the light. John 14, 15 says this. If you love me, Jesus said, you're going to keep my commands. If you love me, you'll do what I say, in other words. It's the very reason, like I said, that God hates sin is because it breaks fellowship with him. 2 Corinthians 5, 9. I know I have a lot of scriptures, but there's just so much on communicating with God and fellowshipping with God. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 says, Whether we are in the body or out of the body, our goal should be to please God. And we just learned how are we pleasing to God by walking in the light and by fellowshipping with him. Our goal Spirit, soul, body should be to please God, to commune with God, to fellowship with God. Let's turn to Ephesians 5.8. 8 8 through 10. He says, for once you were full of darkness. Now he's talking about those of you, you've accepted the Lord as your... Jesus as your Lord and Savior. For once you were full of darkness. So before you accepted Jesus, you were living in the darkness. But now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. For the light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Begin to carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Just expose them. Why? Because that is what divides and removes you from fellowship with the Lord. That is what puts you in a place where you become displeasing to the Lord. 
And if you don't want to be displeasing to the Lord and you want to be like Enoch and you want to be in such close fellowship with God that he just one day takes you, he's like, man, 365 years of close communion with me, you've done a great job and I just want to just take you. I just want you to be with me and continue to fellowship in spirit. We need to have a life. Our desire needs to be to fulfill what we were created for. And one of the hugest reasons we are created in his image is to fellowship, commune, and please our Father. Amen? I want to encourage you. He's knocking on the door of your heart. Answer it. Let him talk to you. Let him show you his heart. John 14, 23, Jesus said, All who love me and do what I say, my Father will love them. And we will come and make our home with each of them. If he likes hanging around your house because you love him and you're doing what he's saying, he's just going to come make his home in your house. I want that. (laughs) I want his presence in my house always. Amen? So if the door of fellowship is just always open, he can just come in, he can go, he can come in, he can go, because the door of fellowship is open. And if you live in the light as he is in the light, he's not going to be hindered at all from just coming in and looking around. Amen? A few weeks ago, I talked about my laundry and how when I have people over, I always have this bucket of unfolded or dirty laundry, and I hide it. <laughs> because you don't want your visitors to see that. But, you know, I hide it because I didn't get to it. That's like one of the last things on my list, so I hide it. We need to keep our house clean spiritually so that God can freely come in and go as he wants to and that we're living in the light as he is in the light so that he can freely not be hindered and commune with you and you with him. Make it a habit. A coming before the Lord every day and just saying, Lord, search my heart. If there be anything in me and you reveal it to me, Lord, I will confess it. I will repent. I will turn from my wicked ways because I want so badly to have communion and fellowship with you. I want so badly to please you. That should be our heart's desire. Matthew 5, 8 says this, those who are pure in heart will see God. You want to see God? You want to see him move in your life? You want him to lead you and guide you? Stay in close fellowship with him. How do you do that? By staying in the light, by keeping sin and things that are um, displeasing to him out. You can judge it by the light of the word and the fruits of the spirit. If, God, if it's not in heaven, it shouldn't be in our house. <laughs> if it's not love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, self-control, if it's not all about that stuff, don't let it in so that you can stay in light, stay in communion and fellowship with God. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but while the Lord was just showing me this and showing me Enoch's life, I was stirred to want to have more fellowship with the Lord to acknowledge him more. And, you know, I have a prayer life, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm always aware that he's there with me, but I want to even do it more. 
And I'm not just talking, and I, there's times where I'm able to get away and Jude's hanging out with his brothers or whatever in the middle of the day, and even though he's awake, and I can spend time with the Lord. But that doesn't really matter. Like I said, Enoch had children, you know. Adam had the whole garden full of animals to take care of. <laughs> he had jobs to do that God had assigned him. We all have a job to do. We all have things in lives that we need to take care of. It is no excuse because we can talk with him in the car. We can talk with him in the early, early morning before people wake up. <laughs> we can talk to him uh, when we're taking our walk. You know, we can talk to him when we're in the grocery store. Just put your Bluetooth in. Nobody will know that you're talking to the Lord. <laughs> God just wants us to fellowship with him. He just wants to show you his heart. Isn't that nice? <laughs> Hallelujah. So I want to encourage you all to strive to live a life of fellowship with God that's pleasing to God, walking in the light so that there is no broken communion with him. I don't want to be, and I'm sorry, Adam, but I don't want to be cast out of the garden. I don't want to be out of his presence. I want to be pleasing to him. I want to answer the door that he's knocking on in my heart to fellowship with him and talk with him. And if I want that, then I am going to stay in close communion with him by walking in the light, by keeping darkness out. In Jesus' name. Everybody said... <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to close in prayer, and then we're going to take up today's tithes and offerings. So go ahead and prepare to give that to the Lord. You can write a check to Passion Church, or you can, you know, get an envelope and put cash in it, or you can um, give online, passionchurchmke.com, and click give. But um, another way, he said, if you love me, you'll do my commands. It's another way to be obedient to his word and for him to bless you. Amen. Oh, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your word. It's so rich. I thank you, Lord, that it leads and guides us along right paths. I thank you, Father, that you're in the business of restoring us to fellowship with you. So, Father, today I just pray right now. And why don't you pray this right now to the Lord from your own heart. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, restore me to fellowship with you. Lord, I come before you. I confess my sins. I confess any wrongdoings, any thoughts, anything I took into my eyes or ears, anything I've been holding in my heart towards others. Lord, I repent from all my sins. I confess them to you. And I thank you, you're faithful to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Lord, I ask you to restore me to fellowship with you. I want to live a life that's pleasing to you and in close communion with you. Help me, Holy Spirit, to live in the light as he is in the light.
In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, I just